0: Gobble
1: gobble gobble gobble. Gobble 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 Go! Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Happy Thanksgiving.
1: Welcome to America the Bazaar. I'm your host, Jordan Roush.
0: And I'm guest host, Jeremy Roush.
1: Every year, the President of the United States takes some time around Thanksgiving to pardon a turkey from being eaten at the dinner table. Last year, I believe the turkeys that President Trump pardoned were named Peas and Carrots. (laughs) They always have good names like Cobbler and Gobbler.
0: You can't split up Peas and Carrots.
1: Well, he only pardoned, I think, peas, but carrots got to survive as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So the pardoned turkeys are then sent to various farms and petting zoos around the United States, including... Uh, Disney World, Disneyland. They usually go as grand marshals of the Thanksgiving Day parade. Nice. Or then they get sent to petting after that, including George Washington's Mount Vernon, oh, really? to live out the rest of their days. Which unfortunately isn't very long after they're pardoned. It's usually on average about six months after Thanksgiving. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So these turkeys that get pardoned, they have an average lifespan of about eighteen months. And because they're bred for being eaten, not...
0: They're specifically bred for poultry.
1: Yes, for (laughs) the Thanksgiving dinner
0: table. Yes.
1: So they're fed a high-protein diet, and they're basically bred and fed so they get as big as possible by November. And their organs are still so tiny that usually by the time that they get a year and a half old, their organs just fail underneath all the weight. Oh and they go into organ failure, and they die. So that's,
0: that's pleasant. Happy
1: Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! Aren't you so glad the president spared those turkeys?
0: For six more for months. For six
1: more months. So, it is believed that Abraham Lincoln was the first president to give a presidential pardon to a turkey. According to Noah Brooks, a White House reporter and friend of Lincoln... The Lincolns received a turkey in 1863 that was meant for Christmas dinner. Lincoln's son, Tad, loved the turkey, and he named him Jack. When it was time to prepare Jack for the Christmas meal, Tad burst into one of his father's cabinet meetings and begged his father to spare Jack's life. Lincoln was a big softie when it came to his children, and he agreed to save Jack from the dinner table. <laughs> On election day in 1864... Lincoln saw Jack the turkey at the polling place in the White House. And he asked his son, Tad, what business has the turkey stalking about the polls in that way? Does he vote? And Tad replied, no, he's not of age, which Lincoln thought was hilarious. And he would tell literally anybody that would listen to that story. Just classic dad.
0: That is pretty hilarious. That's a pretty witty kid. It was a
1: pretty. It's a pretty good joke. In 1865, the New York's Union League Club bought a 47-pound turkey and sent it to President Andrew Johnson as a New Year's gift. This started a practice of people from all around the country sending presidents turkeys for them to eat at Thanksgiving or Christmas. In 1912, President-elect Woodrow Wilson was sent a 43-pound turkey that had been fed sweet corn, celery, and peppercorns in order to improve its flavor. Wilson also received a turkey that was hand-delivered by a Boy Scout from Texas. The Boy Scout also gave President Wilson an invitation from the governor of Texas to attend the turkey trot festivities in Cuero, Texas. President Wilson then asked the Boy Scout, Do you think I would make a good turkey? And apparently this question confused everybody, and nobody <laughs> everybody just kind of stared at President Wilson awkwardly. <laughs> Because they didn't know what he meant. (laughs) Uh, Wilson did not attend the Quero Turkey turkey Tribe.
0: Oh, Oh. just answer the question, kid. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what you mean.
1: (laughs) Warren G. Harding, the president that was the subject of last week's episode,
0: the least favorite president. The least,
1: yes, the least favorite president in American history. So far, but very yes, (laughs) but very well liked at the time. Right, he was sent a lot of turkeys, and he loved his turkeys. And he (laughs) He actually started
0: his own turkey. No, he
1: built a pen at the White House where he kept (laughs) all of his turkeys. (laughs) Yes, of course, President Theodore Roosevelt didn't need turkeys delivered to him. He. Uh, instead, he would just go hop for his own turkeys for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Provided for his own family. Yeah.
0: A self-sustaining president. <laughs>
1: yes. Turkeys weren't the only animal that people would send presidents to eat for a Thanksgiving dinner. In November 1926, Vinnie Joyce of Nittayuma, Mississippi, sent a raccoon to the White House to be slaughtered for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> people knew that the president at the time, Calvin Coolidge, Loved animals, so they would just send him unsolicited pets all the time. (laughs) In his autobiography, Coolidge wrote that, quote, We always had more dogs than we could take care of. Just some of Calvin Coolidge's dogs while he was president include Peter Pan, a wire-haired fox terrier, Paul Pry, the half-brother of Warren Harding's Airedale terrier, Tiny Tim, a red (laughs) chow-chow puppy, his name was soon changed to Terrible Tim, as he never liked President Coolidge. <laughs> Calamity Jane, a white collie puppy. Blackberry, a black chow chow. Ruby Ruff, a brown and white collie. King Cole, a Belgian doll Beauty, another white collie. Paulo, a black and white English setter.
0: My goodness. A he Bo- had dogs and dogs on dogs. A
1: Boston Bulldog named Beans.
0: <laughs> Beans. Dogs on dogs on dogs.
1: And... Calvin's favorite two dogs, a pair of white collies named Rob Roy and Prudence Prim. Grace, Calvin Coolidge's wife, especially loved Prudence Prim.
0: Uh, Grace was his wife, or just another dog?
1: Grace was Calvin Coolidge's wife. She was the first lady, <laughs> and she loved the dog Prudence Prim. Okay. Uh, Grace once made a hat for Prudence Prim that was adorned with ferns and green ribbons. The dog wore the hat to a White House garden tea party. (laughs) On top of the large number of dogs, the Coolidge's also had cats, birds, wombats, a black-haired bear from Mexico, and Where'd they keep the bear? (laughs) I think they sent him to a zoo. Okay. I think all the wild animals that they didn't want, they sent to a national zoo. Okay. Uh, An African pygmy hippopotamus, which... I would keep that in the White House for sure. Hippo? It's a pygmy hippopotamus.
0: Yeah, okay, so tiny terror.
1: A tiny hippopotamus.
0: You you changed tiny Tim to terrible Tim. Tiny pygmy hippopotamus is a tiny terror.
1: No. And a pair of lion cubs that he named Tax Reduction and Budget Bureau. (laughs) (laughs) I think by this time he was running out of names to name all of his animals.
0: Oh my gosh. He's just like, all right, we're just going to start naming him whatever Bill's on the floor right now.
1: Whatever the, the next <laughs> words that somebody says to me, those are the names of the lion cubs. It wasn't all that uncommon for the first families to have a wide array of pets living at the White House. Theodore Roosevelt's children had kept snakes, a baby bear, and a badger named Josiah all while living there. They kept the baby bear and the badger in the White House. Calvin Coolidge was not an adventurous eater, and he refused to eat the Thanksgiving raccoon that was sent to him from Mississippi. The Washington Evening Star wrote about how strange it was that the president didn't want to eat the raccoon... Declaring that raccoon meat was a delicacy less fatty than possum meat and that it tasted like chicken crossed with a suckling pig. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Which, when they're
1: like, Why wouldn't you eat raccoon? It's less fatty than possum. I'd be like, I don't want to eat possum either. <laughs>
0: yeah, seriously.
1: Have you so, seen a possum?
0: So, I guess raccoon was a, a common meat to eat back then.
1: Maybe in Mississippi? Uh, yeah. But I, I also read that. Raccoons didn't have rabies, or rabies weren't as common in raccoons back then mm. as they are now, or they didn't know about rabies in raccoons back then.
0: The one or the other. Either
1: or. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. They weren't worried about rabies. No. Ignorance is bliss. Yes. Asking if the raccoon was edible, Calvin replied, that depends on your taste. I haven't much of a taste for raccoon meat. Some people like it very much. I don't think it's quite grown yet. Uh, He's uh, now talking just about the raccoon. Yeah. It is very playful, very interesting, and seems very well trained and well behaved. Coolidge then not only pardoned the raccoon from being eaten, but announced that the raccoon would join his family's already large group of family pets.
0: (laughs) He was like, hmm. I can train this one.
1: Yeah. So I also read that... It has
0: opposable thumbs. <laughs> so I also
1: read about Calvin Coolidge that the reason why he loved animals so much was because he was a very shy, lonely kid growing up, and he grew up on a farm, and basically the only friends he had were the animals on the farm.
0: Oh. That's kind of sad, but that's also pretty sad. cool.
1: But yeah, but he loved animals, yeah. which is cool.
0: Did he have a... Calvin Coolidge, was he a veterinarian then too? No. Should have been.
1: Should have been. But he became president instead. So missed
0: mm-hmm. opportunity.
1: So <laughs> so Calvin Coolidge was Warren G. Harding's vice president. Right. So when Warren G. Harding died, Calvin Coolidge just took over. Right. And brought all of his animals. <laughs> the raccoon was Come na- on,
0: kids. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's go. The raccoon was named Rebecca. Rebecca the Raccoon.
0: Rebecca the Raccoon. And she
1: went to live with the Coolidge's at the White House, which the press had started to call the Pennsylvania Avenue Zoo. (laughs) The Coolidge family loved their pets. Calvin Coolidge once said, any man who does not like dogs and want them about does not deserve to be in the White House, which Trump does not have a dog. (laughs) Pence does not have a dog. Pence has a bunny.
0: Pence has a bunny.
1: He does have a bunny.
0: What about, Marlon Bundo. Obama, Obama had, uh, he had a dog. He had, do, he had poodles, right? Because uh, his daughters were allergic to the hair?
1: I think so. There so was he was some kind but they didn't of get pretty. a dog
0: until they went to the White House because of the tradition. Probably. Yeah, so.
1: No, well, Trump still doesn't have a dog, so.
0: <laughs> He's not even trying. <laughs>
1: not even, doesn't even try. doesn't even care. So Calvin was very fond of the raccoon, but his staff, not so much. The Cleveland Plain Dealer reported that Rebecca proved to be the most obstreperous of all the recent White House pets. Rebecca would rip up clothing and claw at the upholstered furniture. Grace Coolidge wrote, We kept her chained when out of doors, but in the house she had her liberty. She was a mischievous, inquisitive party, and we had to keep watch of her when she was in the house. She enjoyed nothing better than being placed in a bathtub with a little water in it and given a cake of soap with which to play In this fashion, she would am- <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> it's just so slippery <laughs> In this fashion, she would amuse herself for an hour or more. White House staff tried placing her in cages or putting her in a harness to try to contain her, but she would always figure, it out, figure out how to escape. The staff started calling her Little Houdini and would regularly be seen chasing her around the White House. (laughs) One time, Rebecca clawed her way up Grace Coolidge's social secretary, Mary Rudolph. Seeing Mary's nervous face about a raccoon climbing up her leg, Calvin simply said, I think that little coon could bite if she had a mind to. Just messing with Mary. Poor Mary. Yeah. The Coolidge's eventually built a wooden house for Rebecca in the boughs of a tree that was just outside the window of the president's office. That Christmas, Calvin and Grace gave Rebecca a collar with an official tag that read, Rebecca Raccoon of the White House. Calvin and Grace (laughs) also gifted their oldest son, John, a $500 raccoon coat for Christmas. So that's awkward.
0: (laughs) So
1: they're pro-animals, but not anti-fur. Right. Calvin really grew attached to Rebecca the raccoon. Calvin would put her on a leash and would take her on walks around the White House grounds. There are photos showing Rebecca draped around Calvin's neck while he walked around the White House and (laughs) Grace cradling her like a cat. At night, Rebecca would crawl onto Calvin's lap and sleep while he would sit in front of the fireplace. So,
0: like, literally the only people that Rebecca minded was Calvin and Grace. Yes. <laughs> and she hated hilarious. everybody else That's hilarious. and everybody
1: else hated her.
0: Loyalty. Yes.
1: Apparently raccoons are just two people animals. Right. Rebecca would eat all of her meals on the tiled floor of Grace's bathroom. Her meals often consisted of green shrimp, chicken, persimmon, <laughs> eggs and cream.
0: To persimony.
1: Persimmon. Persimmon. Persimony? <laughs> I think it's just persimmon. <laughs>
0: What is that word? Persephone.
1: I don't know. I don't think that is a word.
0: Persephone.
1: Persephone? Persephone? Yeah. That's like uh, Greek mythology. Okay. In 1927, Calvin had grown tired of the White House roof always leaking on him and ordered a renovation of the White House. He decided not only to fix the leaks, but turn the attic space into a full third floor by constructing a steel frame story on top of the brick and mortar walls that were built in 1800. This would allow for more living area for the first family and would move the staff out of the first family's living quarters. Hmm. The renovation would take six months to complete, so during that time, the Coolidge family moved to the Patterson house a mansion one mile away from the White House. Rebecca did not make the move with them, but it didn't take long for Calvin to start missing his raccoon.
0: (laughs) Of course. (laughs)
1: Calvin went to the White House and brought Rebecca back to the mansion with him in his presidential limousine. (laughs) Though the next morning, Calvin was seen leaving the mansion with his wrist bandaged up and declaring that Rebecca was banished to the National Zoo (laughs) in Rock Creek Park. (laughs) So she doesn't even mind Calvin. He just put up with her until she must have just bit him. And he was like, like, this is it. I brought you in a limousine. You You don't
0: don't even appreciate the nice (laughs) things I provide for you.
1: (laughs) Let's see. Okay. The press questioned Calvin if the raccoon had bit him, but he refused to say anything about it, remaining true to his nickname, Silent Cal. Less than a week later, it was reported that Rebecca was back from the zoo and quote, in good standing at the White House. <laughs> so he missed her again. He was like, okay, we both got a little heated. <laughs> yeah. You're sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let's start we both over. Made, we, both,
0: we both made rash decisions <laughs> in the heat of the moment. Yeah. We said things that we didn't mean. <laughs> yeah. uh.
1: Take me back. Take me back, Rebecca.
0: It just... I wanted. To, I just wish we could see on video that reunion.
1: <laughs> they saw each other from across the lawn.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Calvin, Jump, Calvin we, knelt down with his arms wide open.
0: Yeah.
1: Rebecca started we, running towards like him. They sent
0: the limousine to pick her up. And so she just like, you know, you see uh, Secret Service open the back door and she just comes leaping out and then leaping out of the limousine like she just rode in the back of the limousine by herself (laughs) slow-mo
1: soft music playing yes in april 1927 the first family held the annual easter egg roll at the white house grace Coolidge decided to bring rebecca the photographers and children loved her, but as you can guess, the raccoon did not enjoy being around 30,000 screaming children or the bright lights of the cameras. Rebecca started to clot the first lady and then started to clot the children and hiss at them. Oh, no. I don't even want to be around 30,000 children. No. And I'm not a raccoon,
0: let alone a wild raccoon. But, yeah,
1: I'm a person that knows what's going on, and I don't want to be in that situation. <laughs> A Washington Evening Star reporter said that Rebecca plainly evidenced her dislike for the whole doings. Grace quickly returned Rebecca to inside of the White House in everyone's best interest. (laughs) Yeah. That summer, the first family decided to go on a three-month vacation. They would take their five canaries and two white collies, Robin Roy and Prudence Prim, and Rebecca the Raccoon on the 1,800-mile journey by train to the South Dakota Black Hills. Rebecca had the time of her life in (laughs) South Dakota. She loved climbing all the super tall trees, so she would break out of her cage and climb up the tallest pine tree she could find, the Secret Service would often spend hours <laughs> trying <laughs> to find which tree she was in, then trying to get her down and back into her cage. <laughs> I bet the Secret Service hated Rebecca, Rebecca the raccoon. Yeah. They're like, this was a real job. I'm supposed to be respected. <laughs> I spend all my time chasing this stupid <laughs> raccoon around. Wild animal. That next year, the Coolidge family adopted a male companion for Rebecca. His name was Reuben the raccoon, but Rebecca hated him and she would fight with him all the time. After he arrived, Rebecca began to escape from her enclosure even more often than before and she would just roam around Washington, D.C., getting into people's trash, just making mayhem around the capital. You
0: know, raccoon things.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but people around Washington, D.C. could knew that it was Rebecca the Raccoon because she had her color. collar
0: on her. <laughs> Rebecca like, yeah, the Raccoon that, of the White House. Yeah.
1: That troubled first I like.
0: Head. I like to think that it was pink camo, you know? Like, I mean, obviously they didn't really have, like, camo pattern uh, fabrics. Right. But I like to think that it was, like, a pink camo pattern. That would be <laughs> fitting for a
1: raccoon. A raccoon has a collar. Mm-hmm. So, it became obvious that Re- that Rebecca wasn't going to stop her escape attempts, and the Coolidge's reluctantly donated her to the National Zoo for the final time. <laughs> and now... Can take
0: backs this time? Yeah.
1: It is now illegal to keep a raccoon as a pet in the District of Columbia. <laughs> and I like to think it's because of Rebecca the raccoon. <laughs> that everybody just had enough of her, and yeah. so they made a law yeah. banning raccoons as pets. After Coolidge and Rebecca left the White House, it still wasn't you mean Rebecca
0: and Grace, or no, Calvin and well, Grace.
1: I mean, <laughs> I mean Calvin, Grace, Rebecca also left the White House. It still wasn't an official tradition to pardon an animal from being eaten at Thanksgiving. Many presidents continued to eat the turkeys that were sent to them for the holiday. In 1963, John F. Kennedy was given a turkey that was wearing a sign that read "Good eaten, Mr. President." Apparently, this tugged at JFK's heart, and he said, let's just keep him, and he sent him to a petting zoo. <laughs> Kennedy was assassinated just four days later, and so that tradition of parting a Turkey never stuck.
0: Mm-hmm. Not then, anyway. At least,
1: it didn't stick then. In 1987, Ronald Reagan and his administration were deeply embroiled in that Iran-Contra affair, where they were caught illegally selling weapons to Iran in order to fund insurgent fighting forces in Nicaragua. There were rumors going around that Reagan was going to pardon Oliver North and John Point Dexter, the military officials charged with facilitating the sale of weapons. During the annual Thanksgiving turkey presentation in front of the press, a reporter asked Reagan if he was going to hand out a Thanksgiving pardon. Reagan then pointed at the turkey and said, Him? And that is how Turkey oh, oh, oh. pardoning started. Oh, oh, oh. That was the first official presidential pardon of a turkey. <laughs> oh my gosh. And how he got out of being asked if he was going to pardon <laughs> Oliver North yeah. and
0: John Point Dexter. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's crazy.
1: And that's the story of Turkey presidential pardons.
0: That is phenomenal. Yes. Well, I hope as you... Are enjoying some turkey, with Thanksgiving, or tofurkey if that's your thing. You consider pardoning
1: or raccoons if that's your thing,
0: (laughs) or raccoons or squirrels.
1: Yeah, Uh, if you whatever your
0: meat of choice. is Yeah. (laughs) Where did Thanksgiving get its roots?
1: Back when the Pilgrims came over.
0: (laughs) Are we still still on the Mayflower? Is that like legit?
1: I so. I mean that's not the official that's not it didn't happen in November right. or anything like that but that is where it got its start.
0: It's just easier because of the fall harvest. Right. We we'll so, give thanks after yeah. the fall harvest.
1: Yeah. And then the I believe Thanksgiving became a national federal holiday with Abraham Lincoln. The oh, really? first president to give a turkey pardon even though that was for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I just like to think about how crazy the White House must have been.
0: With Coolidge?
1: Well, not even that. Like, apparently Abraham Lincoln had a turkey living in the White House. (laughs) There's a bear living in the White House with Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. And a badger. And a badger. Badgers are mean.
0: Badgers and bears. Oh, my. Yeah. (laughs) Don't open the wrong door. Yeah,
1: Calvin Coolidge at least didn't keep the bear or the lion cubs or the cute little hippopotamus in the White House. He did have a million <laughs> dogs <laughs> and cats. I didn't even go over all the birds that he had. Not really? Apparently, they also had a mockingbird until Grace found out that it was illegal to have a mockingbird as a pet. Oh, really? Yeah. So they had, like, five canaries, all that went on that train ride with them, too. Can you imagine I that? Tra- take- can you imagine that train?
0: Why would you take birds with you on vacation? She
1: liked them. Grace was the animal yeah. crazy too, apparently.
0: I guess if you're president, she had racco- first lady. She had
1: a raccoon that ate freaking green poached shrimp. eggs and green shrimp off her bathroom floor and played in her <laughs> tub all the time.
0: Um, I, I don't know why. I know it's a raccoon, but I just imagine an otter in the bathtub with a bar of soap. Not a raccoon.
1: Both are cute to think about. Rectons are cute.
0: They are, but I just they think they look mangy when they the get wet.
1: wild ones, yes. And
0: when they get wet, like me.
1: Almost like any animal when it gets wet. Yeah,
0: except for otters. Otters are, yes. <laughs> otters are one of the few
1: animals that are cute wet. Are you thinking of a sea otter or a river otter? River otter. Sea otters are cuter.
0: Sea lions?
1: No. No, not sea lions. Anyways, anywho, my sources for this story were... Where Pardon Turkeys Go to Die by Dan Merica. The Thanksgiving Raccoon That Became a Presidential Pet by Christopher Klein. The Turkey, An American Story by Andrew F. Smith. Calvin Coolidge Renovation 1927 from the White House Museum website. Turkey Pardons, The Stuffing of Historic Legend <laughs> oh by Monica Hess. Mm. Calvin Coolidge's Pet Raccoon Rebecca by Presidential by the Presidential Pet Museum website. First Lady Grace Coolidge Loved Her Raccoon Rebecca, by Rebecca Onion. And Wombats and Such, by David So, Oh, and this is the episode where we are announcing the winner of the book, the Marlon Bundell book. We will have more giveaways in the future, but for those new listeners, this was uh, the book that Um, was mentioned in the Mike Pence episode. So I put together everybody that left us reviews on iTunes, followed our Instagram account, followed and liked our Facebook account. So the winner of the book is Joanna Cornelison. So I will also announce that on our Instagram and Facebook and congrats joanna congrats joanna so then just message us and we will get that book sent to you anything else that you have to say about thanksgiving raccoons turkeys
0: uh i'm just know that i'm gonna eat a lot of potatoes today and gravy on everything so s- stay weird nope be- <laughs> i have something i want to <laughs> say <laughs>
1: i was gonna say make sure to put on stretchy pants yeah if you're looking for fun snack after Thanksgiving, I found these amazing chips at Trader Joe's that are turkey and stuffing flavored.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. What a timeout here. What about my amazing invention of the grilled turkey Oh yes, if and you, cheesy potato sandwich?
1: If you have leftovers... maybe You could even
0: use rolls.
1: Yes. Jeremy has a recipe that maybe we will post on our social media we will make that bonus content
0: <laughs> maybe we will put that on the internets we will
1: <laughs> upload that to the interwebs
0: on, on the social media
1: <laughs> of his leftover thanksgiving recipe but until then stay, stay weird, weird america, america.